Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Dan Demite and I am joined here in studio with my co-host, Patrick Rice. Hey Dan. What's up, Patrick? It's a great day. Man. The Lord is here. Oh, And I'm ready for renewal of the mind. I'm ready for new things, and I'm ready for more of God. How about you? Uh, I'm always ready for that. And today, we've just got an incredible testimony on the show. We're going to hear from a good friend of ours, Sam Halligan, who's a 23-year-old full-time missionary uh, just serving the Lord with 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 an all-in spirit. Right? Strikingly handsome, dashing good Strikingly looks, handsome. incredibly intelligent. <laughs> He's like the A-team for the Lord. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, yes. Jesus. And, you know, our show is all about ordinary people accomplishing an extraordinary mission here on earth of bringing the kingdom of God. And I think Sam's just a great testimony to that. So, listeners, uh, make sure you listen to the whole show today. It's going to be incredible. If you're driving, just drive an extra half hour, wherever you're going. You want all in today. Um, Patrick, can you open us up in prayer? Yeah, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for the inheritance that we have as your sons and daughters. I thank you, Jesus, for what you purchased on the cross. And Lord, I just pray that there would be a grace that would break through um, this performance mentality that's so gripping the church that we have to earn the grace that you want to give us through our works, through our devotions, so, Lord, I pray that there, uh, right now during this show, through Sam's testimony, that there would be such a revelation of who we are as your sons and daughters, that we would hear your voice and simply do what you're calling us to do. So, Lord, I pray for an in- increase of faith and a faith that can break forth a spirit of fear. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just, uh, you say in the word of God, I have not given you a spirit of timidity, but one of power, love, and self-control. And Lord, I just, in the name of Jesus, I cast out and I bind up a spirit of timidity that that just controls so many of our, our Christian minds. And I just pray for a spirit of boldness, a spirit of power to fall upon the church again, Lord, that we would uh, walk out into the streets, into the marketplaces, and, and just proclaim your name and allow your name to be lifted high among the people. God, I just pray that you would renew our listeners today, that they would experience your powerful love in a life-changing way. Today, Lord, I pray for miracles I pray for uh, just new life to be given. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, man. Patrick, I just get the, the word boldness for When you day. said it, it, I felt anointed because yeah. you were like a spirit of Boldness. boldness. And I was we, like, <laughs> God wants boldness for you listeners. We don't we don't want we don't want to be timid Christians. Like a timid church is not the church of the Holy Spirit, right? A timid church is uh it, the the two words don't go together. Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. It's an oxymoron. And Dan, for those of our listeners that don't know what timidity is, it's a four syllable word that actually just means fear. Yeah, yeah. And and we 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 as Christians, the reason we don't, we're not seeing the kingdom of God and we're not seeing signs and wonders in our day is because of fear. Yeah, right. And it 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 it, it enchains our minds and it uh, it, it weakens our Christian credibility. You know, multiple times when Paul wrote to Timothy, which is funny because Timothy, timidity, kind of oh, yeah, yeah, go together. Go. But multiple times he had to he had to um, give words of encouragement for Timothy not to be afraid. And then when he was writing to another church, he said, I'm sending you, Timothy, don't do anything to him to make him afraid. <laughs> like, you don't have a spirit of fear, Timothy. Okay? Yep. Stir into flame the gift that you have through the laying on of my hands. Like, 
Timothy's dealing with the fear problem. And I think a lot of young people and Timothy was a spiritual son of Paul, um, are dealing with fear. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that in, in Sam's story, there's this breakthrough from that spirit of fear to a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind yep. in Christ Jesus. Amen. So good. Amen. The, you know, I think a lot of times we, we, we place fear upon us and we give it more authority than it deserves to. We say, I am afraid. What if instead of declaring to ourselves that I'm afraid, what if we started to declare who we really were? Yeah. No, I am a son of God. I am powerful. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I am a global changer, right? I mm-hmm. I can change people's lives in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So whenever that, that lie creeps into your mind that I am afraid, change that. You're not afraid. You haven't been given a spirit of timidity. You've been given a spirit of power, love, and self-control. I am powerful. I am love, right? That's 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 the way we want to see ourselves in Jesus Christ. And the Lord wants to unleash in us a new power that we that that the <laughs> that would change the world. Amen. Um, we, yeah, yeah. Patrick, can you just share with us kind of like this need in our in our day to respond to God in the here and now? Absolutely, because God is always speaking, Dan. Yeah. He, his, his name is the Word of God. It's kind of hard for him not to speak. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's, and do you know that's he's good. also a dancer? Oh. He dances over you, awesome. Zephaniah. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. So he's speaking, he's dancing, he's romancing, he's doing a lot of ings, right? And <laughs> it's so good. And I love the story of, um, uh, you know, from First Samuel about the call of Samuel when mm-hmm. Samuel was in, um, you know, un- under the, you know, authority of, of Eli. And, um, you know, I, I think this is a very famous story. He's going to bed and then he hears the call like, Samuel, Samuel. And then he goes and he gets Eli and he says, you called me. He mistook the voice of God for another person. And um, and the thing is, like, I, I love it. He's calling him and he doesn't know how to respond. He's not aware of who the person is that's speaking to him. Yeah. And then in verse, uh, this is First Samuel 3, uh, verse 7. It says, now Samuel did not know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. He got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Samuel said, therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And, then, and if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord called him again, Samuel, Samuel. And the, Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, and he goes on to, to, to give him this word. And I think, um, one thing I love about what we're going to hear from Sam is that there's this uh, this maturity that happens of coming to hear the Lord's voice, coming to know that, that God is always speaking, and then receiving discipleship and formation to be able to, to become aware that it took Eli to perceive what was going on. Eli to say, oh, I've been there before. Let me, sh- let me, let me give you some guidance and some instruction. And then from that... It initiates this uh, this prophetic ministry of the great prophet Samuel, and I, I think that's you know we're uh, you know we talk about this a lot baptized priest prophet and king, so we're we're, we're all in that that prophetic mode. We have that prophetic um, potential because God's always speaking. It's about that maturity. Am I going to start to become aware of how He's speaking to me and responding to it? Yeah. What if like we lived a Samuel style life, right? Where every day we woke up and we said, okay, God, I expect that today you're going to speak to me. And when you speak, I will say, here I am, send Mm -hmm. me, right? That, 
that like when I go into work uh, today, Lord, at work, speak to me and I will I will go right. Yep. Uh, when I go to my family, Lord, speak to me and I will go. Lord, uh, just at, at every moment that we would be open to the voice of God, and then our response wouldn't be hesitancy, but it would be action. Right? Mm-hmm. That like uh, I love the word go. And, you know, like I can't change the world if I'm standing still and I can't impact someone's life and and renew someone's uh, life. If if I'm standing still, I need to go. Send me, Lord, uh, wherever you call me. I, I, you know, um, John Paul II at his uh, inaugural mass when he became pope and arguably JP2 is one of the the greatest game changers uh, of of the world in our modern age. Just right? ask Russia. <laughs> Just ask Russia, yeah. <laughs> John Paul II was a global game changer, yeah. and I, I want to be a global game changer. You I, are a global uh, game I wanna changer. Be, yeah, like that's, Do you know you're a son of God? Yeah. You don't have a spirit of fear? <laughs> yeah. We're powerful he people. He said, go, make disciples Amen. of nations. Of nations, right? And this is what JP2 says in his inaugural mass and during his homily. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Dan, Polish accent. Switch it up. Oh, I, I can't do that. You want to try that? Be not afraid. <laughs> Good. I can't do accents. Do not be afraid, <laughs> he says. Open wide the doors for Christ to his saving power. Open wide the doors to Christ to his saving power. power. Right? Open the boundaries of states, economic and political systems, and vast fields of culture, civilization, and development. So what is JP2 calling us to? He isn't saying, hey, I, I don't want you to be afraid when you go to your Bible study. I don't want you to be afraid when you go to teach CCD at your parish. I don't want you to be afraid in the woman's club. No, sometimes we think we're just supposed to minister the gospel inside the church. That's not where we're called. He says, do not be afraid. Open wide the doors to Christ. And where's Christ calling us? He's taking his power to the states, to economic and political systems, to the vast fields of culture, civilization, and development. We can't be afraid to be Christian in the world anymore, right? Nope. And and like uh, Samuel says, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me into the world. Send me into these the the political systems, economic systems, into culture, civilizations, and development. Send me to people who need you and to need to know your love mm-hmm. and to transform them. And every single person that's listening to the show today, God's asking you to be a missionary. God's asking you to be a global game changer. And God's asking you to boldly profess his faith to people, to people, so that their lives may be changed. Mm-hmm. Patrick, can you just share to kind of build up expectant faith in our listeners? I'll, yeah, I'll give you a word. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm going to take a risk right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I got the sense as you're speaking those words of JP2 with such passion that there is a young, like, div, uh, budding worship leader out there listening and is going to write a song about that. So if wow. you are the, if you're young and you have this desire to see Catholic worship taken to the new, the next level, I feel like God is going to give you words of, um, from, from that prayer. So find this recording. And I feel like the, the Holy Spirit's just going to hit you. So wow. I, if that doesn't build faith, I don't know what will. So, <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And, you know, guys, there are people out there who are hungry right now to hear the gospel. And you're going to see them. Uh, as we hear Sam's testimony later, you're going to hear Sam talk about how God kind of highlights people in his day-to-day life. When he, he was a college student, he was walking on campus, and God would highlight people, and then Sam would go up and pray over them. And like... I think when we live our life filled with the Holy Spirit, we, we go to work or we go to, you know, the, the grocery store or we go to grab coffee at Panera and we're sitting there and God starts highlighting people to us. 
And Patrick, what's the story of when God highlighted someone to you and you boldly approached them and you shared the gospel with them and prayed with them? Can you just share a story yeah, of God it, it, changing someone's life? Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, usually I'll I'll just be in like a public place. I mean, the story is coming to my mind right now is um I was at Roosevelt Coffee Shop and I was just having That's a good coffee shop. It's really good. Yeah, it's called Columbus Roosevelt Coffee Shop. Really good downtown. Super hipster. If you want to change people's lives, go to the hipster. It's coffee like shops. Christian hipster. I yeah. didn't even know it. But oh, when, wow. I, when I first went there, I saw I was drinking coffee there last week and saw a priest. I was like, what the heck? Was what? it a Dominican? No, it was uh it was a priest. <laughs> diocesan. All right. All right. Diocesan. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I'm there. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually meeting with someone. And then I see this looks like a uh, young adult student, like college age student, uh, girl, just like studying. And then like, she just sticks out to me and not in like a, oh, she's cute. And I'm a guy. And you know, yeah, thanks for yeah, clarifying we're, that. we're not going to go there, but it's just like, I see like, there's something about this, this girl that is significant in the kingdom. And then as I'm just like looking at her, I'm like getting the sense of like the Lord's just start speaking these like little impressions just start to hit me. Mm. And a lot of times, um, kind of prophetically is that, you know, God will speak really quick impressions, really quick thoughts, really quick words. And then if you, you have the opportunity to respond to that and then to share in the mind of Christ for that person. Yeah. And so you, you know, if I get words, I'll start writing them down and praying like, well, what does this mean? And I'll maybe go a few different, uh, a few levels deeper. Um, and then I'll just go up and, um, you know, like it, it's not about me. So I just introduced myself and, um, and I remember just, just saying like, yeah, I, I know it might be weird. I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I, f- I feel like the Lord's all over you and I, I feel like he wants to say something to you and I'm supposed to tell you, would you be okay with that? And then every time people are like, yeah, cause everyone wants to hear from God. Right. And so I just like delivered the, the word and it was very encouraging and very upbuilding. And she was like, yeah, that totally makes sense thank you so much. And like, you know, just go on with my day. Yeah. Was that weird? No, no, it's normal. Right. We're, we're, my wife it's, and I, is it, it's weird to think that you're in a relationship with God and he doesn't want you to do anything for him and he doesn't want to speak to you. Yeah, <laughs> that is weird. That's weird. <laughs> like, wait, your father doesn't want to talk to you. In fact, like actually I've responded sometimes when people have like, well, people have been like, um, yeah, like, this is kind of weird. I'm like, no, this is normal. Like sons and daughters talk to their father, right? And they yeah. hear their father's voice. Orphans don't hear their father's voice. And we're not orphans. We're yeah. sons. We're daughters. And, and heretics reject the true faith. Yes, they do. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Sam Halligan and, and just witness the life of a man filled with boldness who wants to change culture, change civilizations. Uh, we're going to take a short back, a break and we'll be right back. Wherever you are, find Encounter with Dan Demite and Patrick Rice on EWTN Radio, the EWTN app, Amazon Echo, Facebook, SoundCloud, Podcast, and follow them on Twitter at Encounter EWTN. Catherine Zeltner. There are so many misconceptions when it comes to abortion and assisted suicide. It's really confusing, and I think for a lot of people, they don't know how to talk about these things. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, we help to change that. We help to really untangle these web of lies. Listeners can expect to become informed and then grow more confident so that they can then discuss and dialogue these issues, and together we can really impact culture in that way. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on EWTN Radio. 
Teresa Tamio. It's our goal to help each and every listener take this beautiful faith of ours out into the public square with great ideas on making a difference through engaging the culture. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Patrick, I am so excited. We are welcoming on the show today Sam Halligan. I like Sam yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Listener, Sam Halligan, he ha- he is living an extraordinary mission. Sam is uh, a young adult who is uh, a graduate from Benedictine University, studied evangelization and catechesis, and now he's serving as a full-time missionary with Damascus Catholic Mission Campus. Sam, welcome to the show, man. Hey, yeah, dude. You're awesome. Dude, it's so good. It, uh, listeners, Sam is just such a witness to boldness and courage in the faith. And he just is so rooted in his sonship. He knows God the Father so beautifully, and that overflows into his life of ministry. So we are just really blessed to hear um, from someone who may be young, but who has just great wisdom in the faith. So Sam, uh, just we're grateful to have you here. We're blessed to have you. Can you um, just share, like, what was it like growing up uh, in a Catholic household? Yeah, so grew up uh, cradle Catholic. Um Went to Mass every Sunday, kind of did the cultural Catholic thing. Uh, but I would say that the the faith wasn't, like, alive and active in the way that I know it now. So it was essentially just, like, going to Mass every Sunday, occasionally praying the rosary, but not really um, anything outside of that. And so um, it kind of, like, cultivated a hunger and a thirst in my heart for something that I knew uh, there was more of, but just never really saw um, where it could come from. So the Lord just, yeah, really placed that hunger in my heart. Um, and I tried to satisfy it with different things, uh, all the way through, um, yeah, through middle school and and in high school, just really, I knew there was something more, uh, but didn't know what it was. Yeah. Awesome. So what was it, where did God kind of start introducing you to the more? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think what just praying about this recently, uh, just like, St. Paul, uh, so appropriately, has been on my mind. Uh, his conversion from Saul to Paul. Saul was just like totally about the law, um, about just like doing the right things as a Jew. And I think that's really where my hunger developed in high school was like, if I can only do the right things, if I can only go to Mass every day, if I can be the sacristan who do- like knows everything about the liturgy, um, the Lord like cultivated in my heart like a hunger and a thirst for like the the intellectual knowledge of the faith, but then that transition like that transition occurred um, in my college years where like I was doing all those things but was still unsatisfied like I was riddled in a life of impurity um, and couldn't get out of it. But the Lord like broke in in a new way um, in my sophomore year of college where I was at a conference and. I uh, encountered him in the Eucharist and he just spoke these words, I thirst to me. And it was there that I knew for the first time in my life that Jesus was personal, that he cared about me in a personal way, that he wanted a relationship with me more than just praying rosaries, praying novenas. All those things are good, but that was the epitome of what my life was, was just trying to be a good Catholic guy who could essentially be a Pelagian who earned him, 
his way to, to heaven. Oh, like wow. Pelagians are heretics, Sam. I know. And you I do not want to be a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. No, I think that's a great word, though, because so many, uh, I think so many f- faithful Catholics, they... they are exper- heretics? No, not heretics. <laughs> but they, but they, they do fall into a pharisaical mindset where if, if I follow the law, that's enough, mm-hmm. right? And, and that that's all God has for me is to... To follow the law, do the devotions, and and, and then plug I can into earn the, salvation. And then I can earn salvation. And that's heresy, Dan. Yeah, yeah. So you, what I, yeah. <laughs> so so it's it, it 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 gets into a very difficult spiritual life, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a beautiful example. So what was the difference between Saul and Paul? Say, I'm like, where? What did Paul experience? Yeah, Paul encountered Jesus in like a physical manifestation of of having to come to terms with what he was doing mm-hmm. and. And that was exactly what it was for me. Like I had to come to terms with the person of Jesus Christ and what I, how I was living my life. You know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And for me, it was almost the same aspect of like, Sam, Sam, why are you like trying to earn your love? Like, why, why are you trying to earn my love? Um, and the Lord is just like poured out in my life in this way that like, you can't earn this. This is, this is totally freely given um, and freely received. Mm. You can't uh, merit my love. You have to just receive it. And I think just my whole life, I felt like I had to earn things um, in order to receive them. And this was like just a total paradigm shift that with Jesus and encountering him, nothing is earned. Everything is freely given. Nothing's merited. Um, Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Sam, when when you heard the Lord speak to you in that Eucharistic adoration time, um, when he said, I thirst, uh, what, did it, what, what, what was the private revelation there? What was he speaking to you? Mm-hmm. What, what, what was his thirst? Yeah, his thirst was, was for my soul, which like in the, in the moment, I just remember thinking like when I heard those words, I thirst, I'm like, Jesus, that is uh, probably the most obvious thing. Y- yeah, you're thirsty. Like you were on the cross <laughs> for hours, um, but why would you waste um like that critical moment of speaking those words, like why would you waste it if you were just thirsty? And like in these moments of reflection, I'm like, he wasn't just like thirsty for some, some water or some wine. He was thirsty for my soul. Like in that very moment of him breathing his last moments on the cross and knowing that every word was like critical. He spoke his love for each one of us. And that if he thirsts for me, then he thirsts for every person. And that just like inflamed my heart with, um, with a, just a total, a total um, consuming fire for souls. That like, mm. if he thirsts for me in this way, then he must thirst for everyone else. And if he loves me in this way, then I have to love everyone in the same way as well. Yes. Amen. Amen. So after you have this Saul to Paul moment, mm-hmm. right? And you realize that God's love is a free gift that isn't earned. And, and um, how was your life different? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like a total 180, actually. And <laughs> like... I went from being a very like pharisaical person who just like lived by the law. I would sit in mass before this moment and like openly like criticize the priest, my friends. Like if he wasn't saying mass in the correct form, I'd be saying things, poking people being like, why is he saying mass with like glass vessels? Like, and, and in that moment it went from less about the letter of the law to the spirit of the law that I came back to my university at the university of Northern Iowa, where I spent two years to, to just like falling in love with a daily prayer life where I, for the first time in my life, actually like 
broke open the word of God and, and let the word of God that's sharper than any two-edged sword that can penetrate bone, joint, and marrow penetrate my heart. And, and the, the Lord just spoke to me in ways that I never heard before. And that, that transition to me stepping out in faith. So I began to invite people in an evangelistic way to come to, to mass with me, to join um, a small group with me. We began to meet uh, Thursdays every morning at 6 a.m. on uh, the university's campus and intercede for students. And so the Lord really just in my, in my final semester at the University of Northern Iowa just really cultivated in my heart an evangelistic mission. I was kind of like a loose cannon a little bit, didn't really like know how to direct my fire, yeah. but just like <laughs> wanted to shoot um, the fire of the Lord. And that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Watch out world. <laughs> a disciple of Jesus Christ is shooting the Holy Spirit out. Yeah. And the Lord just <clears throat> really after that point, I just knew that I couldn't be satisfied with what I was currently doing at the moment. So I, I wanted to just kind of put all my eggs in one basket from the time that I was in high school. I had, um, this thirst for theology was just something that came easy to me uh, to know about the Lord, to to have a hunger to learn more about him. Uh, so I switched on a dime. I just like left the University of Northern Iowa behind. Uh, I went to Benedictine College and studied evangelization and catechesis. And many people told me it was going to be a waste of my time. I was going to get in crazy amounts of debt and wouldn't find a job. Uh, but in those short months of being at Benedictine, the Lord just transformed my life even more. So they weren't right? <laughs> no, they Those weren't right. doubters and unbelievers? <laughs> Listeners, just just be beware. That's a good word. Yeah. Doubters and unbelievers. We don't have to uh, to give them authority in our lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah. I just like to to watch you walk through that. Like there's, there's such boldness and trust in the Lord, right? That you heard the Lord speak, make a change in your life when you made the change. Mm-hmm. And uh, and God always rewards our faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so he, he rewards you with an out, a deeper outpouring of his Holy Spirit. Amen. So what, like what, what starts happening? You, you spoke of this hunger for more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how did you start seeing that hunger satiated? Yeah. Uh, well, stepping onto Benedictine's campus and just like, I had never visited the school before. I had never been there. I literally showed up on orientation day and I was like, here I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, don't have anyone I know. Uh, but the Lord just like blessed that exactly what you're saying. Just like the generosity of just hearing his word and doing it, not just being hearers of the word, but doers of the word and, and going there, uh, the Lord just surrounded me with a community of people who helped set my heart on fire with the Holy spirit. So I was surrounded with, uh, with brothers, um, and sisters in community that helped propel me on mission. Uh, for the first time, I think I had a structure to what I could call what mission was, um, inviting people into a relationship with Jesus. I, I mentioned earlier how I just felt like a cannon that was kind of just firing at will, uh, but the Lord was really giving me people um, and informators to help direct my mm. fire. Um, but I wasn't like satisfied. Uh, during that time of, of my first year at Benedict, and I wanted to set aside um, any distractions, any complacency. So uh, I spent that year just totally single for the Lord. And, and in that moment of just like desiring his heart and his heart alone, he really just opened doors for me to see him and other people. Um, so even on a campus as great as Benedictine College, I was just like floored by how many people didn't know Jesus, um, how culturally Catholic it could be and how people could just be satisfied with just going to mass, like whether it's every day or going to the holy hour or doing these things, um, 
many people were just falling into what I had previously done at Bennett or at uh, the University of Northern Iowa, and that's just doing things and claiming my sonship or my worth off of what I do, not like who I am in relation to the Father. And so during that time uh, at Benedictine, the Lord was just really having me step out in more boldness and have a thirst for him. So I just prayed for for a year's time that the Lord would open up the heavens, that he would pour out uh, his spirit anew upon uh, the college, upon our community there, and upon myself. Um, And so I just began to like, okay, if no one else is going to do this, I'm going to start stepping out and praying for people on my way to class. Like the Lord's putting people in my heart. I'm not going to let them... Uh, just like walk away from me. I have to let them like encounter Jesus through me. Mm. And so just really having an evangelistic thirst for every person I encountered was something he really placed on my heart. So do you have any stories as like, as you're praying over people on campus, like what were you experiencing or what were they experiencing? Yeah. People uh, really like shock initially. I think people were really shocked by the idea that people would live uh, their faith outside of like a Bible study or live their faith outside of, um, outside of mass. And so like initially it was just shocked that someone would care enough to like pull them aside and try to be a, a mouthpiece for the Lord. And so it was in those times where like I would um, just kind of like share with people maybe like a word I was getting or just kind of uh, being spirit led. The It was just like shock was the initial um, feature. And even in our community, uh, during like prayer meetings or something, I just remember people like pulling me aside. Like, why do you always share prophetic words at, at like our prayer meetings? Like let someone else do it essentially. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, no one else is stepping up. Uh-huh. Like no one else is, is like seeking the Lord to do this. And someone needs to be his mouthpiece. I, I think that's a great uh, word for, so Sam has just always shown initiative with the Lord, right? That someone needs to step up. And I, I feel like, um, that's kind of like God's hunger for his people. Like who's going to step up? Like the mm-hmm. grace is there. The favor is there. Who's going to step up mm-hmm. and who's going to step into the, the, the call. And, uh, and I, I just have seen that in your life mm-hmm. of just stepping forward and stepping up. And there's, so there's a time in, uh, uh, what was it? Maybe last year, two years ago where, um, God asked you to step up for a healing conference at Benedictine. Can you kind of share that story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was like about a year ago, this time where, I had never really experienced healing ministry before, um, but just started to hear stories from uh, my friends who were missionaries uh, at Damascus last year, um, where the encounter conference was held. And I just started to hear these stories. And I'm like, God doesn't work in that. Like, I've never seen someone who couldn't walk before walk. Like, it just seemed to me impossible. And I think the Lord has always kind of had to, like, show me uh, those things that I don't believe in order for me to believe them. Like I didn't believe in the gift of tongues until I like experienced that, or I didn't believe in the gift of prophecy until I experienced that. And, and it was in that moment where I actually started talking to these guys. I'm like, you're like, you're crazy. And I was driving back from a come and see weekend at Damascus. And the Lord was just like placing this on my heart that like, you've been praying all year for an outpouring of the Holy spirit in your life. And just reminded me of the story of like the Jews and how they prayed and prayed and prayed for the Messiah to come. But when he came in a form that they didn't know, didn't recognize, didn't want, they condemned him and crucified him. And that's what I was doing in my heart was I prayed for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come. But when it came in a way that I wasn't familiar with, wasn't desiring uh, and wasn't comfortable with, I wanted to condemn it. But it was just in that moment where the Lord convicted my heart by the Holy Spirit 
to say, Lord, if this is you, then I want it all. And so I just began to step out. Uh, I remember just having like a few phone conversations. Like I have no idea how to pray for healing, what I'm supposed to do, but like, Lord, let me do it. And so started to step out on campus and just see people begin to be healed uh, in Jesus's name. And that's like how simple it is. It's just in Jesus's name, like be healed. And it doesn't, because it doesn't belong to our merit. Like we don't have to do anything to earn it. And that's just a lesson the Lord's taught me over my conversion. It's like, it doesn't depend on me. It's all his grace. Um, And so towards the end of my college career, actually, it was like three weeks before the end of the semester, I get a call from like the ministry office at Benedictine and they say, Sam, we want you to help lead a healing service uh, on campus. Not really even help lead, yeah. just lead, right? Lead there was yeah. no leader. <laughs> yeah, no, they, like, I reached out to a few priests to help come in and do this, but, like, no one was able to come in. And so this is really where the Lord was just like, time and time again, you've heard my voice and answered the call. Well, I'm calling your name and I need you to step up. And so the Lord just, like, positioned me in a way to put his power and his love on display for people. And so I be, was able to to help train like a team of 20 students who had never really experienced like Holy Spirit healing people before, but were just open vessels. Um, and so we, we just entered in this time of prayer a few days before this conference. We were expecting like maybe 50 or 60 people to show up just like historically, that's how many people showed up to the healing mass the years before. Um, but the night of the healing conference, we had 500 people show up <laughs> wow. and 500 college students, 500 college students, people from around the community wow. show up. And yeah, we had to move the service from the, the Abbey crypt up to the, the main church. Wow. And yeah, the Lord just like used me in that moment to bring like a new culture, I think in a way to normalize the spiritual gifts in a way that that this doesn't, this isn't reserved for a select few people that we hear about in the history of our church. Like the saints are beautiful witnesses to, to what we should aspire to be. But I think we often forget that Paul calls um, his contemporaries, the holy ones. And, and that's what the Lord was trying to do. I think in my time there was to recognize that, that we are the holy ones of this age and that we have the power uh, to bring about the power of the gospel uh, just through speaking in Jesus's name uh, acting in faith and, and in confidence in him. So what happens at the healing service? You get 500 people there. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of, uh, what happens? Yeah. Uh, we had a few people give testimony who had been healed uh, just throughout the semester uh, to help cultivate an atmosphere of faith. Um, and then we had our team pray for words of knowledge. What's a word of knowledge? Yeah. So a word of knowledge is a way in which the Lord communicates uh, to us, ways in which he wants to heal people. Um, the way that I like to describe it is the people, like the the secrets of men's hearts are are like revealed through the word of God. Mm-hmm. So the Lord will speak um, revealed, like reveal, disclose knowledge to us um, to build faith with his people. Yeah, and not to can like to to put it even simpler, uh, listeners. It's just you know you ask God a question, God, what do you want to do today? And God starts to tell you what He wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we pray, we we hear God's voice, mm-hmm. right? And uh, as 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 sons and daughters of God, the Father wants to speak to His children. And so when we ask Him questions, Father, what do you want to do? What do you want to do for your people today? Sometimes He'll speak a word of knowledge into our heart as to what He wants to do. And mm-hmm. 
And a lot of times maybe we'll hear that, but because of fear, we don't speak it out. Like you may be in the grocery store and you think like, oh man, God wants to bring joy to that person's life. And and you hear God saying, I want to give that person joy, but you're afraid. So you don't, you don't say to that person, you know, I think God wants to bless you with joy today. Can I pray? For joy uh, and because of fear. But so you start hearing these words of knowledge where mm-hmm. God's saying, I want to accomplish certain things in people's lives mm-hmm. today at this healing service. And then you start speaking them out. And so how do you speak them out and what happens when you speak them out? Yeah, um, honestly, probably one of the most frightening moments in my entire life was standing at the like at the Ambo speaking those words of knowledge, because these are things that we prayed for. And I speak them out to a crowd of 500 people. And if no one stands up, I'm going to look like a fool. And so <laughs> God wants to heal yeah. a person with this. Oh, no, maybe not. Okay. No one's up. Okay. <laughs> but the Lord is just like, trust me. Like, I just remember they're like shaking and just beginning to speak these words. And, and what I just said to the people in the crowd was, if these words of knowledge like ascribe you in any way, just please like stand up in faith that the Lord wants to heal you. So, so I began to speak out words of, I remember like distinctly like ACL um, was one of them. Uh, shoulder rotate, like rotator cuff was one. Um, we had someone with an L5 vertebrae. Uh, and so these people just began to stand up and recognizing that the Lord was like calling their name in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as these people stand up, we invited everyone around them to recognize their like God-given authority uh, to heal in Jesus's name. What? We have authority to heal? Amen. <laughs> I don't believe that. I'm a first-time listener to Encounter. Can you explain it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says, Whoever believes in me will not only do the works that I do, but greater works than these shall they do. And in Mark 16, 15, Jesus promises that these uh, signs will accompany those who believe in me. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And wow. so not thank, only thank does you. that like just a... A promise, but that's like a command that those who believe in Jesus's name, these signs will accompany them. And so just really communicating that to to people who have never heard it before. I like Mm -hmm. that was a new thing for me three months prior to this moment. And and just to see how the Lord can ride, like just take our yes and just ride it. Um, And so uh, all these people in, in the crowd began to stand up and just in Jesus's name, I led them in a prayer. And, and if they were, like 50% or better, I had to just wave their hands over their head. And just, it was amazing to see how people instantly were healed uh, through the intercession of those around them. Um, not by like my prayer, but by the by the intercession of the people around them. Amen. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Awesome. Yeah, Let's just so do a good. praise break right praise now. Praise you, yeah. God, Thank you, Jesus. for using Thank normal Lord. people. Yeah. So I just love it because you're a college student who had never, you weren't like, uh, you didn't have this huge like healing ministry, but... You knew that God wanted to heal his people, mm-hmm. and you knew the scripture said that we could, uh, we should pray for healing and that he wants to heal. And so you just lead a healing service, mm-hmm. and God shows up, and he works. How many people do you, were like would say that God healed them that night? I would say um, we probably had about 100 or so people who had received uh, physical healing that night. <laughs> wow. Like, no so big deal. One, one fifth. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sam's Praise a 20 percenter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Sam, uh, you've graduated from Benedictine. Mm-hmm. You're serving as a missionary with Damascus. Can you share just briefly what, what it's like as a full-time missionary uh, serving the Lord in, in his church? Yeah. So the Lord is just like placing this desire on my heart uh, to be a, a missionary for Jesus because... Um, because of that thirst for souls that he placed on my heart, uh, 
just like years ago, um, in that moment of reversion to himself, when he said, I thirst, he just consumed me with souls. And so I knew no other way than to, to just live my life radically on mission for him. Uh, just having this conviction that, that people are dying, that like, as we speak on this show, there are souls who are perishing. There are people who have never heard the gospel proclaimed to them. And if I can live my life, um, for Jesus in this way, there's no other way to live. I would, I would say, and, and maybe it doesn't look like everyone can be called to, to full-time missionary of being a missionary, but everyone is called to be a missionary, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in the grocery store and the family, um, it's just being in love with Jesus full-time. Amen to that. You're in full-time. We're all in full-time ministry. Yes. That is a good revelation. Wow. Well, and earlier you said that God used you at Benedictine to bring a new culture. And listeners, I I think that's exactly what God wants to use you to do. That as a Christian, we're meant to bring a new culture wherever God has called us. So Mm -hmm. whether it's our workplace, whether it's uh, our our school, wherever God places us, God wants to use us to bring a new culture, Mm -hmm. the culture of life, the culture of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, Sam, if people want to learn more about uh, Damascus or about your ministry, where can they where can they find out? Yeah. So I would invite um, I'd invite all listeners to check out DamascusCampus.org and DamascusCampus.com. DamascusCampus.com. How did you know that, Dan? (laughs) (laughs) Or CYSC.com. Um, and you can see, uh, some of our videos, a lot of, uh, testimonies from our campers and current staff missionaries, uh, and just see the great work that the Lord is doing in central Ohio, how he's bringing conversion through 500 acres of, of just love of the Lord. Uh, so yeah, that's where I would direct you to. We'll be right back. Uh, and we're going to wrap this up. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. I met the Pope when he came to Washington, D.C., and from that moment on, I knew that I had to combine my faith with journalism. I've always been pro-life, but have never been able to talk about it in the news. And now, not only do I share it internally, but I share it with a global audience. EWTN News Nightly with Lauren Ashburn, Monday night, 9 Eastern on EWTN Radio. EWTN, teaching the truth. Well, uh, I don't think we're like the typical college students because we really hang out at our campus ministry and everything. It's amazing about how much more connected you feel. We share really cool articles from uh, actually you guys, uh, EWTN, and like what you were saying about evangelization. So that's really nice. EWTN, live truth, live Catholic. Wow. Welcome back to Encounter. Man, this has been an awesome show. This is a show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. And we're just hearing about just great mission, the great mission work that God has for us. Patrick, what were your reflections on Sam's testimony? My reflections were future-oriented. Oh, wow. Because, like, Sam started by describing, like, cultural Catholic life, like the way things are. And if there's this like this sense right now of like what normal Catholicism looks like, and then he starts to describe the transformation that he underwent. And I know like 20 years ago, and maybe you know even further back, there was like a what normal Catholicism looked like. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? What's going to happen when 
there's more like Sam Halligan stories. Mm. What's going to be normal? Like if we have this show in 25 years and we're, we're asking people like, so what was your life like growing up? Like, oh yeah, I started praying in tongues when I was seven and I was like <laughs> giving prophetic words here. And like, they're describing a totally different normal life. Isn't that beautiful? The the normal life of the church. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And that actually the, looks like Jesus. I love like I love just Sam's like uh how he was saying when he was younger, he there was kind of like an uh an affinity for the faith. He was going to mass, he appreciated the faith, he loved the church, but he had this hunger for more, right? And I just listeners, um maybe you've been living uh your Catholic life all of your life, and I just ask a very simple question. What if there's more, right? Like, and I and I don't ask that in a, a way to uh, say that any of us are doing it wrong, but I ask myself that constantly. Like, God, what more do you have? Because God is a God of abundance, mm. right? And, and like, He always wants to pour out more on His church. There's no way we can ever say, "Hey, I've got it all. I've mm-hmm. I've, I've got all of God in me," mm-hmm. right? Like that we that the Holy Spirit wants to constantly pour out more. He says, do not, St. Paul says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And uh, Patrick, can you just like, what is like your hunger for more? Oh my gosh. It's just in the presence of God that we have these experiences of like encountering God. And there's like these visitation moments and everyone's encounters. Like, it's like the Holy Spirit visits you and just changes your life. And then you have these experiences of like, like the presence of God, like, you know, that you're dwelling in, um, that you're experiencing. But I feel like the more that I'm seeking after personally is to become uh, like a habitation where, I mean, the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm so docile that he just moves me wherever I, 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 I'm, I'm like a landing pad. I want to be a landing pad for the dove just to fly in on yeah. and to go do the work, like what Jesus would do, you know, everywhere I go. So I'm trying to cultivate um, what it means to be a dwelling, a temple of the Holy Spirit and, um, and, and there's so much more, and he's going to pour out his grace. He's going to pour out more gifting. He's going to pour out um, greater docility. He's going to pour out um, more virtues. He's going to pour out more gift, uh, fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, um, that's what I'm going after. And I, it's like this I have temple picture, you know, like I want to be a, a more pure temple. Mm, amen. And Sam, uh, just thanks so much for sharing your testimony with us today. It was so powerful. One of the dangers, I think, with testimonies is that, People can listen to it and say, wow, Sam's amazing, right? He is and, amazing. And, and he is amazing, right? But the goal of a testimony is to actually say, wow, what God accomplished in Sam's life, God can accomplish in my life, mm. right? And uh, I just, like, Sam, have you seen, like, when you saw God accomplishing things in your life at Benedictine or at Damascus, have you seen it kind of build a hunger in others and then God start accomplishing that in other people's lives? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the Lord just like, especially with that, like him affording me opportunities to have that privilege in order to like give what the Lord has done in my life into other people's lives. And so I just remember specific like instances, like the last year I was at Benedict and just being able to walk with people, um, people recognizing like the prophetic tongue the Lord had put in my in my life and being able to to like help people hear the father's voice in a new way. So being able to sit with like two freshmen at lunch every week and to help them to develop like how they hear the father's voice and ask questions, trust the response and, and to just believe that a good father wants to speak to his children. And in since that point, like now those people want more, like uh, one of the, one of those guys specifically has like applied to, to work on our summer staff because he wants 
more formation, wants more uh, life in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so just like... Amen. Yeah. Amen. So we're just going to ask God real quick, God, what more do you want to give our, our listeners today? And uh, we're just, you know, I, I get a sense that God just wants to give you more clarity of his voice in your life, that he wants to speak and you can hear him. And just to cast out that lie that it's you speaking to yourself and that God's not talking to you, that he wants you to have clarity of his voice in your day-to-day life so that you would hear him and be able to speak that word to others. Yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the eyes of their hearts would be open, that they would know the riches and glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ um, flowing in them, through them. God, I ask you to open up their spiritual eyes, open up their ears, that they, when Jesus asked, uh, who has ears to hear, who has eyes to see, people would be able to say, I do, here I am, Lord. So, Lord, we, we pray for a greater uh, prophetic anointing over the people of God listening right now. Um, and we know that you're going to do that. So, Holy Spirit, whatever you need to do, we ask you to do it now in Jesus' name. Amen. And Sam, what are you getting? What What does the Lord want to pour out on his people? Yeah, I think the I'm, what I'm just getting is that uh, the Lord wants us to trust in who he is, that he is, in fact, who he says he is. And if that's true, then we are who he says we are, that we are sons and daughters of the Father, and that he just wants to speak um he wants to speak specific words over his children. And uh, and in just a specific way, um, I think the Lord is just placing this on my heart that there's um, like a young mother who is uh, experiencing symptoms of multiple sclerosis and that the Lord just wants to release heaven's peace over um, those symptoms and, and to bring healing into that circumstance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God, we just thank you so much. You're such a good good father. You know, the kingdom of God is given to the childlike, right? And so we just want to approach God like children and know that you are a son, know that you are a daughter and you have a father in heaven who loves you so much that he just wants to talk to you every day. And he wants like, as a father, I want nothing more for for my children than than for them to grow up and to live amazing lives and, and lives that matter and lives that change other people's lives. And your father in heaven, listeners, he wants you to change people's lives. Like he is for you. He's not against you. He's a father who looks at you as a son, his daughter. And he says, I want you to make a difference. I want you to make a difference in this world. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to equip you to change lives. And so, you know, Sam, you had, you had spoken a word that God spoke to you where he was saying to you, I need you to step up. And today, listeners, I think God is speaking to you and he's saying, I need you to step up. Like, I know you are my son, you are my daughter, but you're, you're not weak, right? You're not a weak child. You're my son, and I am the king of the universe, and I am powerful. And so because of that, you are powerful, and you can step up, and you can change nations, and you can shake up uh, environments. And, and God is just going to unleash in you a new way of life that changes atmospheres, right? And, and listeners, I just want to unleash in you today that the Holy Spirit would, would fall upon you and that you would become uh, just an agent of change. That in the same way Sam was able to change an environment of Benedictine and was able to change lives of Benedictine, that you, listeners, that you would receive an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a spirit of power that is able to unleash in you the ability to go and change environments. And so, God, we just ask right now that you would plant an environment in our listeners' mind. What environment, what culture do you want them to change? And Lord, just give them the power, the grace, the authority to go and to make a difference there. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, Patrick, what, what do you want to 
leave our listeners with today? I just want to leave our listeners with with the the reminder that um, God knows he has, he has, he's got plans for you, plans for your welfare, not for your woe. Plans to give you a future full of hope. Yes, and that's that, like, a good word. It's yeah. This is this is not my word. This is the word of the Lord, and it's true. Yesterday, today, and forever. And Sam was sitting at Northern Iowa University, um, you know, not knowing the Lord, not knowing how to hear His voice, but knowing that there's there's something more right there, and God wants to speak that to you. So I'm I, I just I I feel I just want to pray that God would actually give dreams again. That mm-hmm. dreams and visions are a normal part of the Christian life. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would um, break through any walls of fear, and we pray for a release of heaven's dreams over the people of God here. That like Sam, they'd, they'd step into the things that are, are, are going to allow them to live. Because everyone's going to die, but not everyone is going to live. Mm. So that I pray that there would be that, that grace to live a full, abundant life in Jesus' name. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Listeners, you are listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Sam, we've been so blessed to have you on the show today. Uh, let's just thank you so much for coming. Yeah. It was awesome having you. Uh, and also, listeners, if, if if there is a young mother with multiple cirrhosis and you're like experienced healing when Sam dropped that word, we encourage you to, to go to EncounterRadio.org and you can actually fill out a contact form. We've actually exper- received uh, multiple um, testimonies. We've prayed for words of knowledge for healing over the radio. God can heal any way. And it's through the word of God that's living and effective that that can happen. So we encourage you to be bold and to share testimonies with us in that way. And also, I would say too, if you have a life-changing encounter, you can go on the contact form and share with us what that is and be considered on the show because we want to highlight the best of what God is doing. And we believe that that could be you. So um, I would encourage our listeners to be bold and to get in the game and to share what what God's doing with them. Yeah. Earlier, you... um you had mentioned, Patrick, that uh, God may be birthing uh, a young music leader to write a song about JP2's uh, uh, words in his inaugural homily. And so I just want to encourage, too, if God was hitting you with a word there and calling to that, uh, don't be afraid to go on our website and to share with us that God was speaking to me at that moment. And uh, that way, because we can't we can't take a step if we don't take a step, right? Like, we actually have to take action. And so maybe uh, that action is simply reaching out and saying, God was speaking to me at that moment, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to share it with the world once I get it. And and just to close our show today, we're going to close with JP2's words again. He said, do not be afraid. Open wide the doors to Christ, to his saving power. Open the boundaries of states, economic and political systems, the vast fields of culture, civilization, and development. And God, we just thank you for today's show, and we just pray that you would change nations. Thank you for joining us on Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Goodbye.